Cool. That works. That'll work. All right. We are live. We're back on the air. Holy shit. Here we are. Well, you're not supposed to cuss in the first 30 seconds. And I just broke my own rule. You're, you're not supposed to? We made this rule since when? Why am I just barely hearing about this? Episode 49. We're not supposed to curse in the first few minutes of the show. Yeah. Uh, podcaster etiquette, apparently. You don't want to open up with uh, a bunch of, you know. Right. All the professional podcasters are going to be listening to this, and they're going to go, nope, I'm out of here. <laughs> Strike one. Oh, man. Who have we got here today? We got Jaime, you know. Jaime always in the chair Hello. right next to me um, in a remote, undisclosed mm-hmm. location. And Definitely. we got Big Leche Malo on the show today. What's up, man? How you doing? Oi, I'm doing well. Yeah, it's a, it's a great day to sip in my coffee, hanging out in my home studio. It's the good life. There we go. I love it, dude. That sounds so peaceful. That sounds so tranquil. Yeah. and Wish I, I had some more tranquility in yeah. my life. <laughs> I live in like a eucalyptus grove in the middle of Seaside. It just feels like out in the cuts. So it's it's very nice. Very tranquil. <laughs> Real tucked away. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. For real. Uh, let's talk about something real quick. Um, who here saw the Jake Paul fight? You know, I only saw like a few minutes of it, and the before, you know, like the prep, all them smacking. Yeah, they had like a full-on kind of concert stuff. before the actual fight. They had like Snoop really? Dogg come out and perform some stuff. You know, E Forty, I think, came out. Um, who else was yeah. there? I don't know actually. You know, Pete. I know Pete Davidson was there. I saw like little clips of him. Yeah. Justin Bieber came out and performed like four really? songs. Holy buckets. Like, Triller yeah, really did the deal. most for this fight. Yeah, you know, everyone's got to make some money. Mm-hmm. I, I feel. You got to get paid. Ben Askren you know, got the people paid. people fighting got to get paid. Oh, yeah? Ben Askren got paid. <laughs> so, they, they go out, right? Three minutes into this fight, homeboy gets knocked out. Do you think it was rigged? A little bit. You think, like, before the fight started, Jake Paul was like, hey, you know... You take a dive in the first. Man, I I want to say yes and I want to say no on this kind of stuff because let's say yes, it was rigged so that Jake Paul can fight some other guys. Like maybe he has someone in, in mind he wants to fight like big time and these are just like, these are just the stepping stones and so I feel like maybe it was rigged this guy i mean they got paid out right and then you, you know jake paul he gets the recognition i suppose there was a very telling means, but... like photograph of ben Askren after the fight he was like walking away with his family he had this big mm-hmm. goofy smile painted on his face mm. kind of like yeah i just got knocked out for five hundred thousand dollars what about it oh mm. money talks i guess Money talks. He got yeah, paid more round, for those I'm... three minutes than John Jones did for his last championship fight. Holy mm-hmm. hell. Yeah, you know, I could believe it could be rigged too because maybe if I know I got to take the fall, I'm probably not going to go that many rounds. And if I get, if, if, if I get a good hit, like if I get hit, Maybe it looks like convincing. It looks good. 
I'm going to make it look good, too, because, okay, this is the one, like, all right, let me just lay here for a minute. Uh, you know, like, hey, you know what, I'm done with this. To give I'm some context, there's a video floating around of one of Ben Askren's fight, one of his, like, prior mm-hmm. fights, where Homie is mm-hmm. getting lit up in the face. Like, he is getting smacked around, and he ended up winning that fight. Mm. This could have just been the straw that broke the camel's back. Hit him just, just right. Mm-hmm. But so, that's seems true. Unlikely. He was in really bad shape. He had the total dad body going, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like there, there was a fine layer of a uh, flubber between him and his muscles. So I don't know, man. I don't really, you know, with these kind of fights, with fights in general. I don't know if this one, it's popular and all, but I don't think if I were someone who watched fights, this would be the one to go to. It's entertaining, I suppose, and you know, it's not. It's the fun part about these fights is everything before the fight, like all the shit you know, talking, like the, all the the, the, uh-huh, the smack talk, the prep, the the teams in the locker room, the 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 flash, the color, the music, the celebrities. That's all cool, but eh, you know, I could go without the fight. I don't. I really don't. Yeah, it's just the foreplay. It's the best part. It, yeah. It was oh some great God, foreplay. It was some, some top-level foreplay, I'll say that. <laughs> yeah, but only lasted three minutes? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's my life. Oh, <laughs> oh, I didn't think it'd get so meta. Oh, man. On that note, you know what? Let's just start the show. Cue the intro music. Welcome one, welcome all to another installment of the 1st and the 15th. My name is Anthony Barrera. I am your host. Coming in from a remote, undisclosed location is my co-host, Mr. Jaime Virgen. Yeah, every time. (laughs) Oh, man, I love it. That's why we're here, man. Uh, Let's give it up for our big guest alert here on the show. I'm talking about Leche Malo. What's up, man? How you doing? How you breathing? How you living? Doing very well. Breathing terribly. Uh, lots of chain smoking this week. It's kind of brutal. Um, <laughs> hiked a mountain though, so I'm working on it. We're on the up and up. One time yeah. I, I went out to the Pinnacles one time, right? And back then I smoked cigarettes pretty heavily. I chain smoked the entire hike. Oh my god! <laughs> it's like people that are jogging Ugh. and smoking. I see that all the fucking time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Really? Yeah, I see. Well, okay, sorry. Jesus. I see people biking and smoking, and that's peculiar. Okay, that still. sounds fucking fun, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, American pastime. Just imagine going for a like, bike ride and just like they're kids and shit, but you just got that cigarette dangling from your lips. <laughs> not, uh, not the children. That seems <laughs> not the children. That just seems comedic. I don't know why. Just the visual of someone like in a full kind of running suit. Maybe in like a full running like bike suit with the helmet, the goggles, all prepped up, but you have a full length lit <laughs> cigarette just dangling, just hanging at the end of your lips, just burning. Oh my! You, you know one of the characters I, uh, I wanted to create um, a little league coach, 
that uh, always had a bottle of Gatorade and a, and a cigarette hanging out from his mouth with some sunglasses on just yelling at the kids. <laughs> just hung over from last night. All right, then, let's, let's hustle. <laughs> yeah. Let's get out onto the field. You know. <laughs> oh, man. Let's get to it, dude. Let's talk about you, man. Um, so... You, when we first got together and talked about uh, getting on the show, revealed to me that you had a condition. Did you want to explain it um, to the listeners real quick? Yeah, that'd be great. Um, You kind of hit me up right when I was sort of diving into this whole thing. It's very new to me, so I can't speak for everyone, but it's a thing called uh, aphantasia, which is like anti-fantasy basically which basically means that I have a hard to impossible time having voluntary visual imagination Um, for instance if you close your eyes or maybe you don't have to close your eyes you can view you can like think of an apple and maybe see the outline the shape and color of the apple Um, or someone important to you like your mom or your uh, partner or whatever Um, and these are all things that I can't do, and so I have no internal monologue and no internal, like, picturing. Um, it's just black. Like, I close my eyes to meditate, and it's empty. I don't have... There's no thoughts. There's no nothing. And so I just figured so, it out. Yeah. <laughs> so when you read a book, nothing happens? No, I, I don't go to, like, a visual like, landscape or anything. Oh my god! Isn't that odd? yeah? Like, that's that's that is I'm, odd. Like trying to wrap my brain around it, but it's difficult because like, I've like I've always had that. I've always had the ability to like visualize in like in your mind's eye. That's what the you know your elementary school teachers would call it. Your mind's eye. And even when you're reading a book, like you see it happening in your head, mm-hmm. and I I don't even like, holy shit. Yeah, I mean they literally call it. Um, our mind's eye is blind. It sounds super emo, but that's like the sort of the thing. And it sounds be, like a fallout boy lyric, dude. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a small. Wait, I think it is third eye blind, right? Oh, you right? Oh my gosh, that's weird. I feel represented. I never now. made that connection before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but oh man, yeah. When I found out, like a lot of stuff kind of came together. Um from my past I was like oh that's why I can't count sheep or something when I'm going to sleep or I've always said my memory is like super super bad and could never understand why all my friends were being super sentimental and talking about like our tours or like their last birthday and like having emotions about it I thought everyone was just being super drama like you know Hmm. working with themselves like kind of play acting and now I'm realizing that mm. they literally are having legit feelings and I'm just this like heart of stone. <laughs> um, but in the moment, I feel a lot of things. Is this common? Uh, so far, Is the this... statistics are like one to three percent of the population, but it got coined in 2015 and the mm. first scientific writing of it was from 1880, but it got neglected heavily until 2015 so they haven't done a lot of research Dude. yet it could be way more people uh, so it's it's a yeah it's a relatively new condition mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. 
So the early statistics might be a little misleading. There could be, like, a lot of people that have this condition that don't even know about it. I mean, for God's sakes, it could have affected their lives this entire time, like, their relationships with people. I can only imagine what it would be like not to be, like, able to remember or, like, like not, not like, not remember, but not visualize a memory. Not, mm-hmm. yeah, have, like, a photo or image in your head. Yeah. With that being said, there are plenty of memories I wish I couldn't visualize anymore. Um, yeah, I get that a lot. But, like yeah. mixed, my friends like, oh my gosh, what a gift, you know, um, to not like have to relive your traumas all the time or have those thought loops that just plague you. Um, but I don't know it, mm. and I can't really speak on. I don't miss anything. I never had anything, right? So there's like kind of a FOMO thing, but also I could never even imagine it. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to feel kind of bad. Difficult to understand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how does this, like, how has this influenced your songwriting abilities or, like, what you, like, write about? Does it change at all since finding out? I guess awareness just sort of changes everything. I feel like just in a life situation, I can act um, with more knowledge and when I'm interacting with people, I have a better understanding of how my brain is working. But as far as songwriting, it explains a lot, but I haven't changed how I do anything in particular. Mm. I think... Is it a... Oh, can you go oh yeah. Um, Sorry. I've, I, uh, I was right. The first thing I wanted to do when I found out about this was write a short essay on like how I, how I speculate it affects creative people. And as like a photographer and a poet and a songwriter, I feel like it makes sense because my, this is like an extension of my memory. Like if I'm gonna have a memory about something, it's gonna be not in my head, but externalized in my photography or, you know, my poetry. Um, And so all of my art is like super autobiographical, um, not super illustrative, like, I'm not talking about the rainy windshield. I'm talking about, I did this, they did this. It made me feel like this, um, like super, super hyper literal. Um, it, yeah. And it just like looking back, it just makes so much sense <laughs> to me now. Mm-hmm. That is, that is kind of cool that like, even not knowing about it, you managed to overcome it, you know? And that's that's there's something to be said about that mm-hmm. uh so you just released an ep right yeah um how was that release for you considering everything that's been going on lately with you finding out about your condition the world opening it back up again mm-hmm. possibly how was that it was good um being in the pandemic there's been so many so much ebb and flow of my creative output at first i was super motivated to come in the studio when we all kind of thought like oh we'll just be in our houses for a month um you know let's uh let's just do something really cool with our month and then month two or three came along and it was like so hard to maintain that charisma uh and keep motivated so i lost it for a little bit and then I sort of kind of came back to to writing and recording as more of like for fun for me, 
um, a sort of thing. And I think this, I wrote this and recorded this EP like fall of last year, October-ish, just over the course of a month or two. And I feel like I was able to tap into like a really honest place and it was just like super within my means all the instruments in my room one microphone my daw just super chill um and i just feel like the honesty kind of comes through i'm really stoked about it really stoked about it absolutely i think one of the happy byproducts that we've had of the like from the quarantine was the fact that a lot of creative people had to just sit down with themselves and really look inwards you know um as someone that goes out and does sh- did shows you know before the quarantine quite often um it was difficult to find a space to just find and be by myself and and be left to my own devices because there was always that like oh i can go do something over here with this person and you know we can make something but being alone and like being to your own devices do you think that kind of changed or affected like uh the process yeah um not being able to collaborate with people definitely changed the process i had to sort of get better that was for for sure um having to mix everything myself and do all the arranging myself um yeah yeah i don't i can't so when you sat down to like were you a novice when it came to like mixing and mastering music? I wouldn't say I was a novice. I definitely didn't meet my own standards. Like I would definitely do a lot of the tracking myself and then shop out the mixing to other people. Um, but, but now I feel like comfortable kind of having final cut of things. Um, I'm not sure how much I'll do it once the world opens up again, but it's nice to know that I can kind of fall back on that and be a little more prolific and not have to work around other people's schedules and stuff as much. Oh man, that is, there's freedom in that and that is precious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but let's talk about the world opening up again, man. Now that we've seen that some bars and restaurants have started allowing indoor dining and more and more people are out in the streets, how far off do you think we are from a return to live music, live comedy, live shows? Well, it's been happening for a while. I think when we got to the red tier, um, maybe not like full band shows, the kind of shows that I enjoy where we're all like in the pit together and stuff, but restaurant shows for songwriters trying to make their living and stuff in the corner, getting tips, playing covers for hours and hours, like those shows are returning. And it's not really what I'm into personally, but I have a lot of friends that that's their livelihood and it's nice to see them back in business and stuff. I got my first gig booked at Pearl Hour middle of May and I uh okay. Yeah, it's acoustic. I've been I went there to check it out and just see the distancing protocols and I feel pretty comfortable with it. It was going to be in April and I felt very uncomfortable doing that. So mm. I pushed it back made sure that I was going to be fully vaccinated. And with that last wave of vaccinations that was having, ha- uh, happening at the Salinas High School. Happening. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> happening. Um, basically, uh, 
I feel like a lot of people had access to the vaccine and I'll know when I'm fully vaccinated, like hundreds more people will have just been fully vaccinated because it's kind of in this block timeline. And so I feel way more mm -hmm. airtight about playing like smaller shows right now coming up. It is encouraging to hear artists being so cautious about going out because I know the temptation is there to just abandon all like caution and and go go do it, mm -hmm. you know. Throw but... caution to the wind. Yeah. I know. It's but Yeah. I felt like I had this huge crisis about it of like is this just for my ego? Like am I not caring enough about my neighbors and such and I'm glad I I kind of pushed it back. I feel yeah. better in my And soul. that is a tough conversation to have with yourself. You know, it's hard to ego check yourself and like, hey, maybe I shouldn't do this show right now. Maybe I maybe I'm putting people in danger. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, fully vaccinated. Go get vaccinated. Speaking of vaccinations, actually, let's not go there. <laughs> uh, not quite yet. We'll, we'll save it for shitheads and do gooders. Mm. Um, so um, let's talk about being on stage now with social distancing there will be like the thinner crowds all right um mm -hmm. does well do you think that'll affect the way that you perform is there a difference between like performing in front of like not so many people as compared to a packed out show yeah i think there i think this is going to put a lot more weight into everything for instance it's going to be such a like a much larger experience um going and seeing a show like everyone's going to want it a little more i think and so i think you know instead of 200 people going to this free show it might be like 40 people going to a show that costs a little bit more and um people will be more zoned in a little bit more attentive um yeah, I, I just because they haven't had it in like a calendar year. Yeah, exactly. And it sort of like maybe live music was a little cheap before the pandemic. Like artists weren't getting a lot of, you know, money for it. And um, I think this will kind of add some poignancy back to it. Um, for instance, Pearl Hour, uh, where I'm playing. I remember playing there before the pandemic. It was elbow to elbow. Everyone was drinking and hooting and hollering. I could barely hear myself yeah. on stage. And it's so fun to play to a room like that, but also artistically somewhat unfulfilling. And now that I've gone and seen the operation there now, it's like 35 really quiet people, like kind of relaxed, sitting at their tables. And they're like so locked in. and. It, I love that. It feels like a house show, you know. These are the those yeah, are the kind of gigs I love. It's far more intimate. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So for as shitty as it's been, I feel like it's gonna reap some some nice uh, results. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude! Mm -hmm. Well, listen, it's time to get into a segment that we run on every installment of the first and the fifteenth. My personal favorite. I'm talking about shitheads and do-gooders. What we do is we take one person from the news, media, or your personal life, and we shine a light on them. Uh, one has committed evil. The other has committed a good act. Uh, Jaime, would you like to go first? Yeah. Um, I saw this news on Instagram. 
my shithead is Universal Studios for greenlighting the movie Rock'em Sock'em Robots featuring Vin Diesel. Oh. And Dwayne? Um, Do we get Dwayne? The Rock? I don't know, bro, but when I saw this, I, that, oh my god. I'm like so disappointed in uh, these studios, you know, the movie business. They're getting lazy. They're getting unoriginal. They're making a fucking movie based on a toy. Rock'em Sock'em Robots. You know, the old-fashioned red and blue guys that punch each other. They're making a movie. You seem to be forgetting the fact that Lego Movie made millions of dollars. You know what? Lego Movie was the shit. But now, like, it's just getting absurd... Rock'em Sock'em Robots. And I ca- after I saw this news, I told myself, I can totally see them in a few years make a Tetris movie. <laughs> I'm calling Dude, it right Tetris now. Tetris hits different when you're... Yeah, Tetris I'm is calling a fun it, game. No, I get that, but... <laughs> we're making fucking movies about toys from 50 years ago. Is there a Pac-Man movie? What's going on? There is? Yeah. There, yeah. I think so. There, Pixels. Oh, there you Pixels, go. yeah. <laughs> there is a Mario movie. So, I don't know, man. I'm just getting, like... It's just sad to see so many unoriginal movies come out. I think literally last year or even the year before that, there was probably a handful of original movies that came out in theaters. Like I mean, literally what we are probably seeing, eight or ten What we movies. are seeing is the birth of a new genre of major motion picture. I'm talking about the mm. nostalgia genre. Mm, I guess so. You bring back these things that these people remember from their childhoods, and they're going to flock because they want to know what it was like to feel like a kid again. Mm. I don't know, man. Like, they're going to make... They already made a Battlefield. A Battlefield? No, no, no. What's the the movie where the the game wh- when they put the ships? Battleship. Battleship. Mm. Thank you. That was a good movie. Um, it was it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, so they made that. They're making fucking Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Uh, they made the Pixels. Pretty soon, I'm calling it now. Within the next five years, you're gonna see a Tetris movie <laughs> starring Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart. <laughs> I don't know anymore. So that's my <laughs> shithead. Like, I don't know what's going on anymore. Universal and all these studios, they got to step up, man. I don't know who's in charge. I don't know who's green lighting these. Someone's saying yes to these ideas. So it needs to stop. If you're listening, Universal, I doubt it. Please stop. <laughs> all right. I'm going to go ahead and say my shithead is whoever's in charge of... Uh, the Demon Slayer video coming out, the, the Demon Slayer movie. Um, mm-hmm. I watched the entire first season of the show. Loved the fucking show. It was a great show. Um, movie mm-hmm. came out in in Japan, right? In Japan, and then one like a weekend here in the U.S. and and now it's mm-hmm. nowhere to be found. I don't want to pirate it because I you know I want to support the creators, but I am dangerously close to fucking just doing it, man. I almost. <laughs> 
You don't know where it's at? You can't find, you can't get it? What do you mean? Huh? Yeah, it's not available like yet on can't... any on any streaming site to my knowledge. Hmm. Yeah. Well, it might take some time. You know. I guess. It just came out. And uh, uh here's a quick runner up Attack on Titan. Here Jaime, how would you feel mm-hmm. real quick? How would you feel if Tell you me. followed a show for four seasons, right? And mm-hmm. the fourth sure. season's the last one. And you get to the last episode, and it ends on a fucking cliffhanger. And they're like, oh, the next episode, the real finale, part two of the finale, comes out in 2022. Uh, it hurts. That would piss me off. Because if cause I, my, my, I prepared my brain to be... to Mentally, I'm telling myself, okay, this is the end. You know, you got to get yourself ready emotionally. And then when they do something like that, I it's kind of like, um, I want to say, I want to compare it to, I don't know, okay, I'm going to get a little, a little, a little graphic here, but I want to compare it to like an orgasm, you know, like you're, you're almost there, <laughs> you know, it's going to come and then, and then, and then they're, they're like, no, you can't. And then, all right, well, you got to wait till 2022 until next year. So that would suck, man. I like that how you really thought about that off. metaphor before going into it. <laughs> yeah, no, that would piss me off, man. Seriously, if someone did that to me, mm-hmm. they just told me, "Hey, this is it." Yeah, Attack on not, Titan did yeah. it to me. Attack you're, on Titan, not cool. You're you're not into edging. <laughs> <laughs> not for a whole year. Not for you. <laughs> wow, that's that's like so oh, kinky. It just destroys everything one year that's what the the attack on titan people are into (laughs) i think it's rough man how about you how you doing man what's uh what's who's your shithead oh my god i have a huge shithead right now um the the troop of vagabonds that steal catalytic converters um have you heard about that oh my god Brett, okay check me out excuse me (laughs) there's this band of vagabonds that surface every couple years and in one night like i don't know how much they're squatting deep but there's like a couple people and they just go to all of the priuses in a town and get underneath them and in three minutes they're able to steal everyone's catalytic converter and just skip over to the next town and they're on this huge national circuit um because they can sell the precious metals and the catalytic converters right it's like a huge racket um and they recently stole mine i was just parked in seaside oh fuck in the night and i got in my car the next morning and started driving away and my prius sounded like a motorcycle like (laughs) it was terrifying and this guy came out of his house and was like yo i've heard that sound before they stole your cat and I was like, sound. I'm more of a dog person, but what do you mean? And, uh, <laughs> yeah, so, and there's, they stole so many in Monterey County. I had to wait like three months for, for my Fuck. catalytic converter part to like be replaced. So I've been carless for, oh, it's, it's undrivable without that piece. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, because it's the yeah. piece that. They have these precious metals. I su- I have no idea what I'm talking about, but apparently there's precious metals right. like platinum and whatever inside your car that helps fissure, uh, like uh, 
what's the word filter through um like carbon monoxide and all of this stuff uh, emissions, emissions yeah or yeah whatever. Mm-hmm. so that's been very fr- frustrating Dude. i know a couple people that got jacked yeah the fuck so fuck those guys you're just trying to drive man you're just trying to cut down on carbon emission costs and these co- and these bastards <laughs> come in and just steal shit it's been chill riding my bike though i mean at least i don't have to go anywhere it's the pandemic so that's true it could be worse that does mm. suck though it does, it does suck you're right let's lighten up the mood however let's move on to do-gooders hi matt who you got well you know it's like, you know, delving into real life dark stuff, but hopefully it's there's a light at the end of the tunnel of this, but I mean, I'm sure if you're listening, you know by now. Uh, I gotta say my, my do-gooder is thankfully the the justice system for convicting Derek Chafin or Chavon or whatever the hell his name is. Thank you. Uh, for, you know, for the murder of George Floyd. I think... Yeah, so yeah, I mean, my, my do-gooder is the justice system for finally doing something about the situation, finally putting away people um, for their actions. I think if the decision was different, like if they let this guy go, oh wow, I don't know I don't what know. would be happening right now. It would be, I don't, I, I don't even want to think about it because I already know that it would be fucked up there'd be some shit going mm-hmm. down and i'm i'm just glad we're finally taking some positive steps forward to i guess you know ending this police brutality hopefully this is a good sign hopefully we start making some changes we start holding people accountable so this is hopefully the first step in that um and I'm glad just because, you know, we we have doubts on our on our system, how things go, crop uh, corrupt pol- politics, this and that. You know, cops protecting their own. So thank God that this happened. You know that they finally put away this guy. So that's that's like my do-gooder. Thankfully, the justice system of America. Um. Yeah, they they put him away. They they did the right thing. They made the the correct choice. Just uh, really so. wish they would do it more often. You know, didn't yeah. have to come to this. Yeah, yeah, and it has. It it took some time too. You know, because I felt for a little bit. This, I mean, I didn't stick with the news of the trial and whatnot. I didn't watch it until like you know the the conviction. Um, but I felt like this was going on for a while i feel like some people forgot about it and i'm glad there's like a bookend to that story and hopefully you know more and more people like the other cops you know that we mentioned on on this podcast hopefully they get their due so mm-hmm. that's all i gotta say for real uh i'm gonna go ahead and say my do-gooder is gonna be um my coworkers, honestly, we just had 420. Mm-hmm. I have never seen so many humans rush so quickly to get um, weed. I'm sorry. Shit done. I should probably <laughs> say that. Uh, yeah, I work as a butt tender. And I was at a dispensary during 420, 
And honestly, a bunch of those uh, my coworkers had only been hired for like a few months. All of us have really been only there for a few months. And everyone held it down. Everyone did their thing. And every customer left home with a goodie bag of awesome. weed. No one lost their cool? Thankfully, no one. Which which is crazy because I know how sunners are about their 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 tree. Yeah, but not even the coworkers. Everyone huh? was chill. Oh no, there was frustration going all around, all around, dude. Everyone oh, okay. was pissed. No one, <laughs> no one wanted to be there. Are you fucking okay. kidding me? But they held their shit together. Yeah, it was four twenty. We were at work. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. But yeah, those are my do gooders. We got man. Uh the do gooders. Um. I would say I had a friend. I used to live in Chicago for an amount of time. I was subletting a friend's apartment, and I played in this band called the God Awful Small Affairs and, like, became very good friends with the lead singer. Um, and the that person came back here uh, to visit. Um, they got fully vaccinated and... They have a partner that lives up north, so they were in town visiting, and just to, like, sit down with them and, like, trade songs and kind of see someone, like, so motivated to bust moves after all of this, I feel like it just really got me um, hopeful, you know, for the future again, and I just was filled with, like, love for my friends and all the possibilities and just like oh my gosh art continues so i would say that missy preston's is my do-gooder um and you should check out their music if you're hearing this the god-awful small affairs hell yeah dude i love that that's such a wholesome story right there good lord i love (laughs) Mm -hmm. it (laughs) Yeah. Well, listen, we've had a great time talking with you today, man. It's been absolutely wonderful. Loved hearing about you and your process. It's been absolutely fascinating. Um, go ahead and let the people know where they can reach you. Uh, I'm most active on Instagram because I get to look cute all the time, and that's at underscore Leche Malo. And uh, kind of, there's Facebook. I've got Twitter. Uh, and a TikTok I haven't figured out how to use yet. So, yeah, check me out on those and your favorite streaming platform, Apple Music, Spotify, SoundCloud, Bandcamp. Yeah, it's pretty easy. I'm the, like the only thing that comes up when you type in Leche Malo. So, <laughs> yeah. That's great, though. Hell yeah. Uh, I want to thank my co-host, yeah, Mr. Hunt. It's a lot of stuff. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. I want to thank my co-host, Mr. Jaime Vidhan, for being the co-host that he has always been. All right. Thank you. Thank you so, so much. much. Um, this is episode 49. Is that right? Episode 49. Should have said that at the top, Oh, my huh? gosh. Oh, my gosh. 49. Yeah, so we're at 49. Coming up on 50. Uh, as far as I know, 50 will be our last episode of the season. And uh, so far, you know, we've talked to so many people. Thank you for coming on. Uh, well, you know, Leche Malo. It's my pleasure. Tag, I mean, no, I know, man. I mean, we've, like, had so many people. Some of them kind of blur with each other. And um, I'm just really glad we've got to this many episodes. 
Anthony does a great job. Um, I guess to wrap this up, go follow us on our Instagram at the first and the fifteenth underscore. Go listen to all our other episodes. A lot of interesting people, a lot of up and coming artists. That is the point of this podcast is to kind of highlight uh, artists that are building their career very slowly, but um, hopefully one day they can look back at this and say, wow, this was like their first interview. This is their first podcast. And um, hopefully that fame can rub off on us. But uh, go check us out. Seriously, a lot of interesting people, comedians, musicians, technicians, filmmakers, writers, uh man i don't even know there's so many things but look forward to episode 50 i think it'll be fun and interesting i'm i think me and anthony are still up in the air about if it's just going to be us two if we're going to have like a little small uh guest nothing too major but it'll be interesting so thank you for listening if if you've been listening you know since day one you're a real one Thank you so much. I don't know if I have anything else to say. This is like a big outro for me. Um, That's it. Really, thank you guys. Great job. (laughs) Good podcast. (laughs) Uh, My name is Anthony Barrera. This has been the first of the 15th. I want to thank Leche Malo for coming on. You've been absolutely wonderful. Have a great day. Bye. Bye.